This is week eight. Eight weeks. We've been in eight weeks of blueprints, y'all. Eight weeks. It's been so, 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 so great. I've been enjoying, really enjoying uh, preaching this message. How many of y'all would love to hear from Pastor tomorrow pretty soon? I think it's, you've been out for a while. I think it's time for you to come up on stage and preach the gospel. So we may be hearing from her pretty soon. So, uh, yes. <laughs> But no, we've been, uh, not today, not today. I won't, won't put you up here today. But we've been in week, uh, eight weeks of Blueprints. This is the eight week, eighth week, and I'm super, super excited about this message. Um, I feel like this message, for some of you, you might feel like, oh, this is me. I'm in it already. But for some of you, this could be a spark to change something through the course of your life. And today we're talking about building your career on wisdom. Building your career on wisdom. Like some of you might say, I found my career. I'm, I'm in my calling. I'm in my purpose. I'm feeling fulfilled. Well, I would say to you, how can you take it to the next level? Don't, don't just settle for where you are. You're like, how can you take it to the next level? But some of you may say, I'm still struggling to figure out where I'm at. And, you know, I re- just thinking about this message, I was thinking about back to my first job. My first job, I was in college. I think I was a freshman, sophomore. I can't remember. Uh, my first job was I was a waiter at Ruby Tuesday in the mall in Baton Rouge. That was my first job. I was a waiter at Ruby Tuesday restaurant in the mall. And man, you encounter so many people when you are a waiter. It's so funny, you see how people treat, really treat people. It gave me an appreciation and say, you know what? I wanna treat people with respect. Because some people are just rude. Just rude for no reason, but that job, it taught me a lot, but it also taught me that I don't wanna be a career waiter. I realized that, you know what, I don't want to be a career writer. And some people, they love it. I know some friends that they have made a career out of being a waiter, and they love it because they just simply, they love people, and they love to serve. And they say, this is my career. This is where I found my calling. This just wasn't for me. And if it is for you, I praise the Lord, you have found your calling, whatever it is. But that's what I want to focus on today is building your career with wisdom, building your career career with wisdom. You can find the notes again on the app. You can download our app with Android or Apple device. You can follow along there. You can go back. You can add your notes with us there. But let's just open up in prayer. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord God, for who you are. We thank you that you're giving us wisdom to build our careers. Open up our eyes and our spiritual ears to hear something different today. Draw us closer to you as we build our careers through wisdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So today we're going to focus on, I want to focus on uh, and use some of the, the, the parallels of the character of Jacob in Genesis. We're going to look at Jacob's life in some aspects on how Jacob built his career. And we're going to use that kind of as our blueprint today. And the first verse I want to start off with is Genesis chapter 28, verse 15. Genesis 28, 15. And if my translation is a little different, that's okay. But it says, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. You know, that's a good verse to write down. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised 
you. So for some of you, that verse right there is enough for you to go home and be full. But we're going to look through that, and you know, some people, they feel stuck in a job. It's like they just, and there's many different reasons people work a job. Most importantly, you need the money. You need to provide for yourself. You need to provide for your family. So you're like, man, I just need a job. And that's how you look at it. You look at it, I just need this job. Whoever pays me the most money, that's the job I'm going to take. But you can feel stuck. You can feel unfulfilled, unsatisfied just working a job. But today, I want to help you switch from a job mentality to a career mentality. Because so many people have a job mentality where they I'm just working this job. I'm just working the job. I, I show up from 9 to 5, and I'm waiting for 5 o'clock to come so I can roll out of here like Fred Flintstone. But you just have a job mentality and not a career mentality. You know, some people, they do just a little of this and a little of that. You ask them, what do you do for them? Oh, you know, I just do a little of this, a little of that. Well, what does that exactly mean? It means I'm, I'm just, I just do a lot of things. So you really don't have a career. You just have some hobbies and things that you do, that you do on the side to get paid for. And that is great, but sometimes you can get unfulfilled in that because you can never really focus in and hone in on what you're really passionate about because you never really took the time out to say, you know what, I'm going to go a little bit deeper to pursue a career, but it's just convenient to do what I'm doing now. And we don't switch from that job mentality to a career mentality because we don't want to focus on it. When you really have a career, you know what, time flies by. When you're in your career, Man, you feel so fulfilled. When you're working in your gifts and your talents and you're building your life around that, guess what? Life, you've become so fulfilled. The most fulfilled people that I know are the ones that feel like I'm in my calling. I'm in my career. This is what I was born to do. And those are usually the most joyful people as well because they're into the thing that, man, this is what I have purposed. All my gifts, my talents, I can utilize all those things in my career. And the way they talk about their career is different than people that just talk about a job. We were, tomorrow and I were in the store the other day, and this, this guy and this girl, they were bad-mouthing the managers, and yeah, because, you know, it was those managers that did this, and, and it's like, they're just working a the job. They're just working a the job. They were disgruntled, complaining about everything, because they were just working a the job. They weren't satisfied in a career. And Jacob of the Old Testament, he's an Old Testament character, but we're going to follow his blueprint. And with Jacob, he started off with a dream, but ended up with a destiny. Jacob, he remember, he had a dream, but that one dream led him to fulfilling his destiny. So today, I want to start off by like, talking about our career. There's four things I'm going to give you on a find a, how to find a career. The first one is this. is one, Number one, you can write this down, is follow your dream. Follow your dream. And a good thing to know about Father Your Dream is this, it's never too late. It is never too late. You know, some people feel like, well, my time has passed me by. I remember I shared this story. Uh, I don't remember what message it was, but I shared this story when I went to Cuba. And we were in a small group in a living room. And I was just going around the room asking everyone what's their dreams. But all the adults in the room, they felt like my time has passed. Dreams are no longer for me. Dreams are for the young. But that is not true. It's never too late to dream. You know, Jacob was 70 years old, still living at mama's house when he had a dream. Now, I pray none of you are 70 years old, still living at mama's house, but it's never too late. It is never too late to dream. It's time, 
it, it, it was time to get started on something meaningful and worthwhile in his life, and that's when God gave him a dream. Never launch out into something without first having a dream. Don't just go run out and launch into something where first where there's a dream burning inside of your heart. When you have a dream burning inside of your heart, when you can see it, that's something that's passion that can fuel you to go pursue it. But don't just launch out into something, well, I think I'm interested in this. You know, I hear people say all the time, oh, I'm called to full-time ministry. And I would say, is that just something that you want to do or is that a dream in your heart? Because I can tell you firsthand, it's not for everybody. It is not for everybody. And, and uh, word of advice that I got a long time ago, why don't you just try it out to see if this is what you're really called to do? Because you could get in the middle of it and realize, I don't want any parts of this. And that could be with anything. You can say, oh, I want to be a nurse. And then you see that first drop of blood and you faint and you're like, you know what? This is not for me. This is not for me. You see that first open wound and you're like, you know what? I don't have the stomach to be a nurse or a doctor. I, I just I can't stomach that. Blood makes me queasy. People screaming. I, uh, I can't handle that. You'll realize maybe this is I'm not suited for that. But first, you have to have that dream because that dream will fuel you when things get difficult and weary. And you're like, why am I doing this? Because you dreamed about it. It's the dream that, that keeps going inside of you. Fulfillment in life comes from building a house, not living in it. Lester Summerall said that. You know, there's so much fulfillment when you draw up the plans and you begin to lay out the design and th this is what the kitchen is going to look out in, like, and this is what the bedrooms and the living room, and I'm going to design it like this. And there's so much fulfillment in building the house, but then when you move in and sit down, you're like, so what now? All the hard work is gone. Yes, you enjoy it, but then you realize, I need to build another house because there's no, that fulfillment that you have from building it is gone. But that's what a dream does. It brings fulfillment on the inside of you because you're like, now I'm building something. Now I'm, I'm constructing something. I can dream what it's going to be. And that building, and when you're thinking about that, that business that you start, you can dream about that business, and you begin to dream, oh, I, can, I know I can see what the business is going to be. And then you start pursuing it, and then you start to see it fulfilled. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Why? Because you had a dream. A dream. You have to follow your dreams. But not only do you need to follow your dream, and it's never too late, but you need to make a plan. You have to have a plan. A dream without a plan is a nightmare. A dream without a plan is a nightmare. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Y'all have heard that before. To pursue that dream, you must discover what training it takes to become the best and pursue it. There was an episode on the, uh, on the Cosby show where Denise, she wanted to go into the record industry, and, but she did not want to go to college. She dropped out of school her, after her freshman year and she just decides, I want to be a music producer. And her parents were talking to her, was like, okay, well, why don't you go to school to learn how to do that? Well, I don't need, I don't need that. Did Barry Gordy go to school? And she started naming all these people that didn't go to school. And their parents said, well, did they really not go to school? Well, I don't know. I just know it's not for me. But she did everything that she could to avoid getting the training that she need for the career that she wanted. And so many times, people say, I want to do this. Well, well what are you doing to to pursue education and to train yourself in that field. Well, I just figure it out as long as I go. No, no, no. Why don't you go get the training? How many of you would go to a doctor that said, you know what, I'm just going to figure it out when I get there. But I want, I'll start taking patients now. No, you want your doctor to go through training. We have some doctors in here today. We want, you want to make sure that, hey, that they go through the proper training. Can I see your certificates? Can I see your degrees? Were you paying attention to class? 
And it's like, you want to know that they received all the training that they received. Why? Because they're working on your body. And when you're pursuing your dreams, you want to make sure that I'm pursuing every avenue possible that I can to be fully prepared to pursue my dream. You can't just go haphazardly into it and say, well, I'm just going to do this and just kind of wing it. No, you want to train yourself. So you have to plan. The, one of the saddest things about college is that so many people go to college not knowing what they want to do in a career. So they'll just change their major four and five times and they'll become career students. And then they'll just end up with a degree that they can't even use. So what did you, what did you graduate with? Oh, I was a, um, and this is no, no offense to anybody with a general studies degree. That, there's nothing wrong with it. You have a degree. Amen. You have a degree. But sometimes you could go, just, I'm just, because I know athletes, they would do that. They would say, I just want, what is the easiest courses I could take to get the easiest degree? General studies. Okay, well, I'm going to get a general studies degree. But then if sports don't work out, they don't have a clue what they want to do, But because in college they didn't prepare themselves for a career. But all college is is use it to your benefit to figure out what career do I want and choose that path to pursue it. Don't just build up all this debt and then end up at the point where you got all this debt and you don't even have a career to show for it. No path. It's like, well, what are you doing now? Well, I'm just, I'm just going to take a few years off to find myself. And while you're finding yourself, that interest is collecting uh, more, is, is, is adding up. But you have to make sure, when, when you, if you're in college now or you're about to join college, man, just go in there, have a plan what you want to do. Have a plan what you want to do. But also, not only just do you make a plan, but you find a mentor. Find a mentor. The greatest thing you can do is whatever you feel like you're called to do, find someone that's already done it. Go find you a mentor and find someone that has already done what you plan to do, that's successful in that field. Don't just find someone that just done it. Find someone that's successful in what they've done. Because you want to know, I want to know the, the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows. What, what, what are the things that I should, should be keen to? What should the things I should focus on and what should I not focus on? You should always have a mentor, someone that you can turn to that has been successful in the career that you're pursuing. Because you'll realize real soon they can tell you some things that, oh, maybe this is not the career for me. Or maybe they'll ignite a fire inside of you that says, this is what I want to do. I'm going to pursue my dreams. But also, just have a plan. It's never too late. Make a plan. Make a plan and then find a mentor and pursue it. Amen? Find a mentor. You know, Jacob, he found Laban. His uncle taught him how to care for sheep and goats. And your career would not go far without someone who has accomplished the career that you want. Find a mentor. Amen? So that's the first thing in the career, how to build your career on wisdom, is have a dream. Second thing is this, make some commitments. Make some commitments. Genesis 28, 20, Jacob, he made some commitments. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and I will give my bread to eat, and he will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I can come again to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that he and all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. So there was some commitments, some vows that Jacob made that if God would make him successful, that he would do. 
One of those things that, one of the commitments that you have to make when pursuing your career, before your career even takes off, before you get successful, because you will be successful. Some of you are going to start businesses that's going to be blessed and just going to do, you're going to do amazing jobs in your careers and in, in your businesses that you start off and venture to do. But before you do that, you have to make some commitments before you do that. One of the first commitments you have to make is this, is that I'm going to commit to serve the Lord. I'm going to commit to serve God. You have to make a commitment to humbly serve God all your life, even before you come successful. The biggest tragedy is that people start off serving God, they get a little success, and then they change. Boy, you sure were in church praying to God when you didn't have a job and your business was struggling and all these things, and now that you got a little money and success, we can't even find you. What is that? You have to make a commitment to say, I'm going to serve God whether I'm happy or sad. Whether I have a lot or a little, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to serve God. You have to make a commitment that I'm going to humbly serve God because sadly, too many people let success go to their heads and they feel like the pride of life comes on them and say, look what I've accomplished. Look what I have built with my own two hands. I've worked hard for my business. I've worked hard for my money. Look what I've done. And they love to tell you about their accomplishments. Watch out. Be careful. Make a commitment to serve God. Not only did Jacob make a commitment to serve God, but he also made a commitment to worship God. You have to make a commitment that not only will I serve God, but I'm going to worship God. You have to commit to being faithful and worshiping in the house of God, even if your schedule gets too busy. One of the biggest things that people say, I can't make it to church because I, I, I'm too busy. Well, I can see if it's every once in a while, but every Sunday? You're too busy every Sunday? You mean to tell me out of 52 weeks in a year, you can, you're, you're not busy three of them? So you can only make it to church three weeks out of the year because your work is so busy. You may want to reevaluate that and say, who are you really worshiping? What are you really worshiping? You know, we can make a practice of, of pursuing something so bad that it becomes an idol. Anything that you place before God is an idol. And you have to ask, like, what is keeping me from coming to the house of God and being consistent in that? What is, uh, uh, is taking my attention is my career, is my hobbies, whatever it is. You know, hobbies can take away and become a career. And all those things can pull away from you and can take away from you serving God and from you worshiping God. But you just have to say, God, I'm going to make a commitment to worship you. Another commitment that Jacob made, he said, and all that you give me, I will give you a full tenth to you. What is this? To tithe your income. You have to commit to be a tither even when your income becomes huge. You know, it's easy to tithe when you don't have a little bit. When you just have a little bit, it's easy to tithe. But when you start adding up the, the dollar signs and the zeros behind that income, it becomes a little bit harder to tithe. That, uh, this is a true story. Um, there was a, a man in the church, and he was struggling in his career. He, he went to the pastor. He's like, Pastor, I, I, I need you to pray for me that you would give me um, just some wisdom. I, I have this business that I think I want to start. I'm struggling right now on my finances. I think this could give me a better way. And at the time, his tithe was about $40 a week because he didn't have much money. And the pastor prayed for him. And then surely enough, a couple years goes by, his business blows up and he becomes successful. And his tithe went from $40 to $500 a week. And then he came back to the pastor and he said, Pastor, I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue to tithe at this rate. 
because my CPA says I can't afford to give away all this money in a year tithing. And the pastor said, well, come on, let me just lift your hands and let me pray for you again that God will, will take your business away so you can lose your money. And he said, no, no, I can't do that. But the point is, is that the more money you make, the harder it becomes to tithe because you begin to look at them dollar signs and say, well, well, why am I giving all this money? Well, I could do a lot with this. But it's God the one that blessed you. It's God's anyway. So you have to commit, make a commitment whether I have little or a lot. I'm going to give what God, what's due to God to him because guess what? If you don't give it to him, he's going to find a way to take it away anyway. He's going to get what's due to him one way or the other. And I'm not here trying to harp on the tithe, but I'm just saying you have to make a commitment to be faithful in the tithe, whether you have a little or whether you have a lot. And Jacob said, God, before I even become successful, I, if you bless me, I promise you I'm going to give you a tenth of everything that I have because I know it belongs to you. And I promise you, if you make a commitment to that, you'll forever be blessed. You'll, you know, there's sometimes in life you can feel like you're always in lack. There may be seasons where you might go through ups and downs. I get that. But if you're always consistently in lack and in hardship, I would say, are you faithful in the tithe? If you never feel like you have enough, that's probably an indication that you're not being faithful to God in the tithe. And I'm not going to harp on that, but I just want to encourage you. If we want to be successful, make some commitments. Make a commitment to serve God. Make a commitment to worship God. And make a commitment to tithe your income. Amen. That's the second thing. First thing, you have to dream. Make a dream. Make a plan. It's never too late. Get you a mentor. Second, make some commitments. The third thing when building your career on success, I mean building your career on wisdom is this. Put your family first. Put family first. Genesis 29, 20. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Y'all know the story about this. Jacob, he goes to his, his, um, his uncle Laban, he sees Rachel, and Jacob says, oh my gosh, that's the one. I got to marry her. He was head over heels for Rachel. And Laban said, okay, I'll give her to you. You can marry her, but you got to work seven years for me. And he said those seven years felt like but a few days because his love for her was so great and so strong. And I could see Jacob out in those fields working with those sheep and goats, counting down the days. Ooh, only... 1,250 more, more days until Rachel is mine. And he's counting down the days, and then the night comes, and y'all know the story. I, and, and then Jacob lays down with Rachel, or so he thought, and then he wakes up in the morning and found out it's Leah. Now, I haven't been to the Middle East, and I haven't been in the Middle East in a tent, but it must be pretty dark. In the Middle East, in those times, for him to not know that that was not Rachel. Come on now, it must be pretty dark. I'm sure he heard her voice. I'm sure he, he hugged her and stuff like that because he's like, if he loved her that, I'm pretty sure he knew Rachel. But to not know after seven years, that's, I don't know. But the point is, he was that in love with her that when he went to Laban and he said, hey, you tricked me. You gave me Leah. And he's like, well, it's our custom that the oldest gets married first. And he says, but I'll give her to you, but you got to work another seven years. So he ended up working 14 years for two wives, and he did it. But the point is, is that he didn't get frustrated and leave. He said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my family first. I'm going to work these 14 years. And then he did that, and he worked for four, two wives and 14 kids, or 12 kids. 14 years 
He had 12 kids with those two ladies, but he put his family first. Whenever we think about our careers, we have to make sure that our family, that they come first. And here is a few things to remember we're putting our family first. One is establish stability. Establish stability. So many people continually uh, move with their careers. It's like they'll jump from city to city, state to state, at the chance of advancement, which I understand that sometimes you do have to move with your job. That's understandable. But if it's every two, three years you're moving to another city, another state, the kids in your family, they need stability. Always moving new friends, new teachers, new little leagues, all these. And the instability, for, especially for a young child, it could be detriment to their future because they feel like, well, I can't get settled in because if I do, we're just going to move again. But you have to establish stability and make sure that, hey, even when I'm thinking about a career, I'm not just jumping from advancement to advancement that, that I, or moving from city to city, that I'm, I'm making sure that my family is stable. Sometimes moving, like I said, that's inevitable. You have to move. I get that. But don't just make a career habit of moving all over across the country and just pack, packing your family and they're struggling. They say, well, dad is being fulfilled, but we're struggling because we find no purpose. But you're thriving in your career, but your family is struggling because there's no stability. We have to establish stability. Also, in keeping the family first, when we're talking about our careers, we have to establish routines. Establish routines. We need meal times, bedtimes, family nights, date nights, and vacations. These all have to be priorities over our careers. And when you can establish these routines, it brings a sense of stability and normalcy to children and to the family where they know that, hey, this is our safe haven. I know that at this time of year, we're going on vacation. And it gives the family something to look forward to. But if, they're ne if you never make a practice of routines and establishing those routines, then when it's like, hey, family, we're going on a vacation. Yeah, you said that last year, but we didn't even go. And what is that? that their disappointment. You're just bringing in disappointment, but you have to establish those routines. Not only do you establish stability and routines, but you also have to establish accountability. In our world of moral temptation, everyone needs accountability. You need accountability to your spouse, to your small group, to your friends, to your church family. You need to establish accountability in your life because some jobs require you to travel a lot. And some jobs, that's just the nature of the business. They require you to travel. And there was a story where a guy, uh, his, in his business, he traveled a lot. And he was a part of a men's small group. And they, this tight-knit group of guys, they, they stood close together. They were best of friends. They held each other accountable. And then somehow or another, one of the guys, he was traveling for business, and he met this lady. And he met this lady at a, a, a work deal, and they began to exchange numbers, and the man was married. And he began to have um, an affair with this lady. And so one, one weekend, the guy decides, I'm going to fly out to Boston to meet this lady. And somehow his brothers in the small group, they found out about it. And so what they did was they all grew together. They all lived in different parts of, they were all in different areas of the, the country at this time for their work as well. And they all decided, we're going to get on a plane and we're going to bring this brother back. And so four friends got on a plane and flew to Boston to find that man. But the only problem is, how do you find a person in a big city like Boston? Think about how big of a city Boston is. Where do you even start? So they called his phone. He didn't answer. They kept walking around and just, they couldn't answer until they decided, well, let's just go in a restaurant and get something to eat. 
Well, guess who they saw in a restaurant sitting at the table? The friend with that lady. And all four friends walked over to the table. They looked at him and said, it's time to go home. It's time to go home. And his friend dropped his head. He began to weep, and he got on the plane and went home with his friends. You need friends that could be accountable to you, especially in our careers. You run into so many different people, so many people pulling at your attention, especially if you're successful. People are attracted to success. So you need people in your lives that are going to hold you accountable. You need some friends. You need a small group. You need uh, uh, your, your spouse. You need people in your life that you have to hold accountable because the more successful you get, the more accountability you're going to need. Because they're going to be more people pulling at you. Oh, I, if I could just get close to her, if I could just get close to him, maybe I can advance my career as well. I'd love to have a lunch meeting with you, sir. Well, no, you can meet with my wife, and she can tell you all you need to know. But you have to have people in your life to hold you accountable. Amen. So family comes first. That's part of that as well. The third thing, family comes first. This is the fourth and final thing. Focus on favor. Focus on favor. Genesis 30 27, we're still talking about Jacob. Laban said, the Lord has blessed me because of you. Talking about Jacob. Name your wages and I will give it. Jacob had incredible influence with his employer or his company with Laban. Because of Jacob's hard work in the fields, Laban became very, very successful. Jacob began to multiply the sheep and the goats, and he became super influential and super uh, 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 rich and successful because of Jacob's hard works in the field. And so Laban realized that, and he said, name your wages, and I will give it to you. In Genesis chapter 30, verse 30, this is what it reads. It says, you had little indeed before I came, but your wealth has increased enormously. The Lord has blessed you with everything I've done, but now what about me? When can I start providing for my own family? Jacob realized I have caused uh, Laban to be blessed, but now... I've been, I've been I'm doing all these things for you. Now I want to provide for my family. So Jacob's focus shift from, first of all, I want to establish the person that I'm working for, the company. I want the company to be successful. I want my employer, my boss, I want them to be successful. And now that I've focused on that and I've got that accomplished, now I want, to, I want the favor as well. The favor that I will, did you know that your company is blessed because you're an employee there? Your business is blessed because you're the boss. Whatever you do, your company is blessed because you're there and God has you there for a purpose. But you have to look at it that way and not just say, well, I hate this stupid job. I hate coming to this place. I, every time I walk in this building, I can't wait to leave. Well, if that's your attitude, you just need to go ahead and quit. You just need to go find something else to do. But just remember, you got bills. So think about it. Use wisdom. <laughs> But if you hate your job, maybe you need to take this message to heed and say, what am I doing? Am I working a job or am I fulfilled in my career? What, what am I doing? You know, the worst thing to do is find employees that have horrible attitudes in their job. Nobody forced you to take that job. I didn't tell you that you had to go flip burgers for a living. If, if you don't like it that much taking my order, then go do something else. Why do fast food workers have the worst attitudes? Because they don't like their jobs. Because it's not a career. They're not being fulfilled. They're just doing it for a paycheck. And when you do things like that, you're not focused on favor. You just want the money. Just give me what's old mine and I'm out. But Jacob, he had a different approach. He says, Laban, yes, I've made you famous. Yes, I've made you successful. I've done all these things for you. But I still am in debt to you. I still want to serve you. And we're going to look at some things here. 
And you have to have certain work habits in order for you to have favor in your career. Jacob realized this. He had favor on his life because it was certain work habits that he had that was found to be in, in favor of Laban. And Laban said, that's why, name your wages. I'll get, I've seen all the hard work you've done. I've seen all the things that you've done. And because you've been such a blessing to me, name your wages and I'll give whatever it is that you want. So these are some things that you have to focus on when you want to find favor in your career. You want to expand and you want promotions and you want to keep advancing in your career. These are some habits that you need to have. The first thing you need to have is punctuality. You need to be there on time. Being on time shows the organization that I'm dedicated and I'm, and I'm, and I'm driven to see the organization uh, succeed and I'm focused on my job. But being late shows confusion. Anytime that a person is continually late, it lets you know that there's confusion in their life. Because they can never get anywhere on time, that there's something going on that's out of source that they feel like I can never get to a place on time because there's so much, it's a whirlwind going around you. If you're always late, there's a whirlwind going around you that you can't get anywhere on time. And when I, I think about all the jobs that I've had, one of the things that I've always wanted to do was be on time. Because I know sooner or later, I'm going to want a promotion, I'm gonna, and I need to show the, the habits. I need to, to make myself so, to be a good employee that when it, those do, times do come, they can't say, well, I would love to give you more responsibility, but I can't trust you because you're never on time. But punctuality is big. Motivation. Am I a motivated employee? Are you motivated on your job? Laziness, this, just being lazy on a job, hiding out in the bathroom, always going on, oh, I just got to take this phone call real quick. Always finding a way to get out of work. You know, <laughs> there was this one time, I don't know where I was at, I don't know what store, but it was an employee, he was sitting there behind, hiding behind, like some, the, the, not the benches, what do you call them? Uh, the booths. He was just sitting there hiding behind the booths, playing on his phone. I'm like, what is he doing? But he was trying to take him a little break and play. I don't know what he was texting or playing games or whatever, but he just decided I'm going to just hide behind this booth and take me a little break. And I'm like, and, and if the manager walked up, they'd be like, son, what are you doing? Oh, 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 oh. But you ever notice when the manager or the the manager or someone in authority is there, everybody, how you doing today? Welcome to the store. And like everybody's on their best behavior, but as soon as the manager's gone, that motivation is gone out the window. What you want? <laughs> Hurry up, make it quick. Are they checking their phone while you're ordering? Well, just let me know when you're ready. And it's like, well, where's the motivation? Where, where has the motivation gone? It's like the, the, your employer or your boss being there should not be your motivation. Motivation should come within and says, I want to be successful. But not only that, I want the company to be successful as well. Those are used, that, that show Undercover Boss, I love that show because it, it shows some people that have some great work ethic, and then there's some, some people that the, the, at the end of the show, they got fired. <laughs> Not knowing who they're talking to. But you have to have an internal motivation. Follow through. If you've been given an assignment, follow through on that assignment and make sure that you take it to the next level. Don't always complain, constantly complaining, just the negative mentality. If every time you bring up your job is negative and you're complaining, that means you might need to find something else to do. But your job should be a joy. It should bring such fulfillment to you. You should be motivated. Not only should you be punctual and be motivated, you should also be loyal. Loyalty. 
Don't be the rebellious ringleader causing everyone to, to, to defy against the managers or against the, the, the company. Are you always challenging leadership? They say, hey, guys, this is the focus this month. Well, while we have to focus on that, we should be focusing on this. And then you start the re- and you, you start in a rebellion within the whole organization because, well, they said this is the focus, but you're telling everybody they should focus on this. I know that's what they said, but this is what I'm going to do. This, I'm going to do this. It's like, no, 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 be loyal. Jacob, he was loyal to Laban even though he changed his wages 10 times. He changed that man's wages 10 times, but he was still loyal to Laban and still saw him prosper. Because he realized this, no matter what he does to me, I know that favor comes from God, and I'm working unto God, so I'm going to make sure that I'm loyal to my company, I'm loyal to my boss, I'm loyal to myself, and that I'm going to be loyal to the company. But now there's no loyalty. There's no loyalty anymore. You just work in a job, not a career. But when you're in a career, you say, you know what, I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to be loyal in everything that I do. That's not to always talk, gossiping about the company, telling company secrets. Be loyal to your appointment. Be a confidential worker that with the things that they, they tell you in confidence, that it stays there. That you're not, well, you know the company is going under, y'all. So y'all about it, might as well start finding a new job because they're not doing too well in sales. Sales are going down. And I heard them over talk. I heard Sue tell Bob that Bob told Amy and Bob told Sid that, that, that there are going to be some job cuts. So y'all better start getting on, get your resume together. And it's like, what, what, what is all this? Stirring up confusion that probably is not even true. Be a loyal employee. Amen. Amen. So how do we build our careers on wisdom? First thing, we follow our dreams. Follow your dreams. If God has put something in your heart, follow that dream. Let God bring that dream to fruition. Let God reveal to you the career that you would have, that you could build the kingdom of God and utilize every gift and calling. When you think about a dream, you have to say this, God, how can this dream How that you've placed in my heart, how can I utilize all my gifts and my talents to advance the kingdom of God? That's when true fulfillment will come in your career. Follow your dreams. Make some commitments. Decide up front that you will never change your commitment from serving God, from serving the church, from tithing your income. Make some commitments. God, I'm going to serve you. God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give a tenth of my income to you, God. I'm going to give. I'm going to be generous in the things that, that I have because I'm making some commitments. The third thing, I'm going to put my family first. I'm going to establish some stability, some routines, some accountability in my life. And also, I'm going to focus on, on, focus on focus, on favor. I'm sorry. I'm always going to be early. I'm going to stay motivated about my job. I'm going to be fr- fiercely loyal to my company. Like I said, don't just show up to work. You know 5 o'clock is coming, and you count down. Four, 3 o'clock comes, I'm just, I'm just packing up, getting ready for 5. I'm, re- I'm, I'm, I'm counting down, the, I'm on the clock, but I'm just counting down the day. As soon as 5 o'clock hits, you are on two wheels out of the parking lot. Find some ways to improve. You know what? I've noticed this room has been a mess. I'm going to come in here and organize it when I get off. That's showing initiative. That's showing that I care about this organization. I show about this business. I saw that they, they need some help. And I'm going to go over there and just help them out over here. Find different ways to make yourself and to improve your skills. Always study. Find ways to advance your training and, and your skills that, that you have because if you're in a place where you're just working a job you're not satisfied, use wisdom to build a career that you want. That's all I'm saying. The simple message I'm saying today is this. I know this is not superly complicated and, and overly uh, whatever. It's a simple message, but it's a simple message that can help you if you feel like you're doing something that you're not fulfilled in. 
you want true fulfillment, put these principles into practice. And I promise you, you'll have a career that you'll feel like, man, I can't believe it could be this good. Amen? Amen. So with that, I just want to invite you today. Where is your life? Is it off course or are you on course? Jesus, he called seven fishermen out of their boats to come follow him. All of them were working the job. They were fishermen by trade. But Jesus told them, hey, I want you to put down those fishing poles. I want you to put down those fishing, fishing nets. I want you to come and follow me, and I will show you how to be fishers of men. They were struggling all night trying to catch fish. They couldn't find anything. And Jesus said, hey, why don't you cast your nets on the other side? What he was showing them was that when you follow me, there's fulfillment in what you're doing. I will bring fulfillment to your career once you follow me. Once you get on course and you follow me, there's fulfillment in that. So I just want to give an invitation for today. Everyone, you can bow your heads and close your eyes. You say, I'm off course. I'm unfulfilled, not only in my career, but I'm unfulfilled in my life. That is a horrible feeling to feel unfulfilled in your life. But usually unfulfillment comes from not serving God. The most miserable I've ever been in my life is when I was so unfulfilled with my life because I did not have a relationship with God. True fulfillment came when I surrendered my life to God. You watching online, if you feel unfulfilled in your job or in your life and you say, you know what, I'm tired of feeling like this. I'm tired of feeling unfulfilled. I'm tired of feeling a lack of purpose. I want to encourage you, just open up your heart and receive Jesus Christ today. So anyone under the sound of my voice, I just want to give you an opportunity to come into a right relationship with God. There's no one looking around in the room. If you're watching online, I want you to participate in this as well. If you're in the room today and you say, I want to come in right relationship with God, I want to find fulfillment in him. I want to surrender my life to him. Just lift your hands with no one look, looking around. You watching online? You, you as well, just acknowledge God to yourself. Say, God, I want you to come in my heart. And I want everyone just to do this for me. I want everyone in the room, you watching online, just to place your hand over your heart. And just repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. I thank you, Lord, that you have open access to my heart and life. I surrender to you today. And I thank you that you will give me purpose and fulfillment as I continue to seek you and surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. And if you're watching online, if you uh, said that prayer, why don't you drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you made a decision to follow Christ. We'd love to follow up with you uh, in the, in the, throughout the week. But come on, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow God, building your career on wisdom. There's wisdom in building a career. Amen. Amen. But before we close, just a few announcements before we let you guys go online today. Uh, that also, uh, you can give online if you're prepared to give. There's a couple ways you can give. You can go to our website. Uh, there's a link on our homepage that says give. Just click that tab. You can give there. You can download our app. You can give on our app as well, or you can go to our Facebook page, or our, you can go to our uh, website, and there's an address if you'd like to mail in a check as well. 
but also we have prayer this Wednesday, 6.30. We'd love to invite you to prayer with us this Wednesday. And the big thing, this Saturday is our Rock the Block Outreach. We're going to meet right here at the church at 10 a.m. Come worship with us. We'll give assignments. We're going to go out. We're going to be a blessing to our community this Saturday, 10 a.m. Be with us. We love to you. Like I said, if you're prepared to give, you can give at this time. But we love you guys. Hope to see you next week. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you this upcoming Wednesday and also this Saturday for our Rock the Block Outreach. Y'all have a great week. Amen. Amen. And I, I, I forgot.